Welcome, everybody. This is episode number 21 of the Spirit Ninjas Spiritual AF Podcast. Oh, that was <laughs> wild. Oh. And Bart goes crazy. Always. 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 Yes. This is an exciting episode because we have Andrea Schulman on, and she is a law of attraction educator. Big time. And mm-hmm. she's awesome. She's got so many amazing things to, to say about law of attraction, how it works. She gives some sweet little tips on mm-hmm. how you can apply law of attraction in your life. Yeah. It was a juicy episode. It was super juicy. So I liked it. I liked it. I think you're going to like it too. Yeah. So you got to listen after the little jingle. Hey, you just turned into the Spirit Ninja's Spiritual as Fuck podcast. The show that aims to inspire, uplift, and questions everything. And now your hosts, Bart Rigel and Holly Emerson. Hello, Andrea. We're so Hi. happy that you are here joining us on our show. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> yeah. So, Andrea, uh, tell us a little bit of uh, background on what you do and how you got to, to doing it. You've got a pretty interesting story, very different background. Yeah. So, well, I work in the field of the law of attraction and I do a lot of stuff with that. A lot of what I do is creating video around the law of attraction and then also coaching people one-on-one and doing stuff of that nature. So really just teaching people how it works, um, how to apply it in a positive way to create fulfilling change in someone's life. Um, I came to this from the world of teaching. So I guess the roundabout, the way to explain how I got into it is probably best to explain how I found the law of attraction. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. so in my life before this, I was actually a high school teacher. And at the time, I felt that life was going well. But I kind of had this feeling like there was something else I was supposed to be doing. And as a lot of people understand, at least in the United States, I don't know how it is in every country, but at least in the US, we have breaks with school in the summer and in the winter. And that's one of the big perks of teaching. Um, And so we're coming up on winter break and I had it in my mind that I was going to somehow figure out what my big career was going to be on winter break. That was my objective. And there was something about me that thought that that was possible. I don't know why I thought that was possible now, but for some reason I thought I was going to figure this out (laughs) on my winter break. So we went off to winter break and the first week was really just getting ready for the holidays. So wrapping presents, Christmas trees, cookies, all that kind of stuff didn't do anything as far as trying to figure out what this career was going to (laughs) be at all. And we were getting to the back end of the winter break and about to go back to school. And I realized, oh yeah, I'm supposed to figure out what my career is supposed to be. And I (laughs) sat down at my kitchen table thinking I could figure it out with a little pad of paper and tried to brainstorm and really nothing came. Um, Okay. So I kind of gave up on that and said, well, this isn't working. Let me go watch some Netflix. So I sat down on my couch, I turned on Netflix and went right to the documentary section because that's one of my preferences. I like watching documentaries is that's probably what one of my things I really enjoy most on television mm-hmm. or on Netflix. And I stumbled across one of the first videos that popped up was the secret, which was an introduction to the law of attraction. So many people have heard of it. Some people sure. like it. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for me, I saw what the, what it was about. I'm like, Oh, well I was trying to find my dream career. So this looks like something I should watch. And I turned it on and it was just like a light bulb went on and suddenly I realized why my life had been going the way it had been going 
And I, I very much so made the connection very quickly that, oh, my thoughts have been doing this because I could see very strongly that my thoughts had been creating both positively and negatively in my life. And one of the reasons for that is that I do come from a background that is a little bit crazy and chaotic. I was an addict. I had an eating disorder. I had all kinds of dramatic, chaotic things that were going on. And suddenly that made sense to me that the thinking was attached to that. Mm -hmm. And so during that transition, you know, I was very inspired by the idea of shifting my thinking because I could see that it had practical application across really my entire life. And so the whole idea of the dream career just kind of flew out of my mind because I suddenly realized I had a lot of work to do, like a lot of cleanup. Yeah, for sure. Get at. And so I started learning about it. I started meditating, you know, doing all those kinds of things people usually do when they get into a spiritual path. But I kept teaching. And one day, it was a long time later, one day I was just teaching in class and I suddenly got hit with a kind of a lightning bolt idea, which is, well, you like teaching, but what you really like teaching people about is the law of attraction. Nice. Oh, okay. (laughs) So then I got into the path of doing that and going about that business. So it's really funny because I sat down to figure out what my dream career was, which took me to the law of attraction. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that was to be my dream career. (laughs) How amazing. In about way, how I, I showed up in this scene. I love it. It's so funny how that happens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because how eventually you start connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when Holly and I started uh, teaching this whole spirit ninjas thing, we did this uh, very similar thing. We started kind of going back through our lives and and connecting the dots like, holy crap, wait a second. (laughs) This is related to that. And then this happened. And then, whoa. Yeah, it really all webs together. It kind really of almost does. creepy it's, way it's first really if, you, if you're not familiar with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And it, what what I like about what what you were saying is that you were able to instantly take responsibility for what was happening to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think part of that was that I was kind of in a place of I, I just one of the big things that stands out to me early on is before I hit that information, there had been a period of a few years that were going by where I was driving to work every day. And I really felt like I was playing Russian roulette, meaning like I was in the car driving and I'm like, okay, is this going to be a good day or is it going to be a bad day? Because my days always seemed like they were spectacularly good or spectacularly bad. And so there was this very strong polarization and I just could not understand what that was. And so I used to always have kind of this pit in my stomach about, oh my goodness, is this going to be a good day or a bad day? And I would be waiting for the day to tell me, which I understand now is the law of attraction grabs you with something and you just drag yourself down or you drag yourself up. But at the time I didn't see that, but that was a huge question I'd had for a long time is what is, what's the deal with this, these days that are either really good or really bad. And that answered that question for me immediately. And it was kind of like, Oh, okay. I really felt called to take responsibility just because I could see, well, I don't want to have these terrible days anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to be dealing with that anymore. So for me, I think the questions that I was asking before that made it easier for me to take responsibility. But that's a good point because sometimes people hear that and that's the one thing they hate about the law of attraction. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, you're about me. You're saying it's my fault. <laughs> but that didn't that didn't bother me for I think for those reasons mm-hmm. that I was exploring at the time. Amazing. Yeah. And how has your life changed since then, since you learned about this whole thing? Oh yeah, I mean, amazingly. 
And like I said, at the time, I think most people, people probably could have looked at my life from the outside and said, oh, you know, this is a woman who's got it together. She's got the status quo job and she's got the family and the two kids and she looks reasonably put together. Like, I think most people could have said that. I know I could have probably said that about myself, but what there was so much going on inside that was traumatic and just a mess. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things that cleaned up was finances. Um, at the time when I learned about this, this was really when the foreclosure crisis was hitting and we got hit pretty hard in Florida and my house was severely underwater. Like we were, we were in that. And within six months, we managed to turn that all around and get a solid footing and get out of a house and get our finances together. And that was very, very quick. But I feel like that was a pressing issue at the time. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the next things was repaired relationships. I had estranged relationships with a number of family members that that's no longer the case. Um, addictions, there have been a series of things that I was addicted. I was an opiate addict. I had, I smoked, I kept trying to quit smoking and I kept going back to it. I was a binge drinker. Like I know this is terrible for a high school teacher to admit that this is kind of what was going on. <laughs> but that, was, that was what was going on. And one by one, those things started to, to rearrange themselves. And so you know, now I'm sober, I have my own business, money is good, my family is going well. Those are all external things, mm-hmm. of course. Um, the most important thing is that most of the time I'm walking in a state of peace where I'm That's happy. So I mean, I don't mean I'm like ecstatic, like everything's fantastic, but like I'm just at peace. Whereas before there was lots of negative thoughts that were just constantly in my ear. And so to me, I think that's the biggest accomplishment that one can seek through the law of attraction. And once you do that, all the other pieces fit into the puzzle. But for me, that's the big one is just feeling like I'm at peace most of the time, mm-hmm. pretty much all of the time. Yeah. So what an amazing the, place to huge. be. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. why so much of your outer world shifts so much too, is it's a reflection of your inner world, you know? Yeah. So as you've, you've experienced that peace, then your outer world is, is uh, mirroring the same thing, which is amazing. Absolutely. And so what was it like for, um, or how did like friends and family and colleagues react to you leaving your career and saying, you know, I'm going to go do this law of attraction thing. <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting question because people were fine with it, but I, I do think that that was something that also shifted was my perception of what people thought about it. Mm. And honestly, getting into this kind of line of work, and you guys probably understand because you're you doing the same thing, is that that is a big shift of perception. And that's one of the things that if you get into a line of work like that, you're really forced to confront is, you know, my perception of what other people are thinking about what I am doing can be a very big stumbling block. Mm-hmm. And I can see now that people were like, oh, okay, I don't think they really cared because I think everyone kind of has their own they're all, they're all stuck in their own head with their own little things that they're working on. So I don't think people really care, but early on I was very concerned about how they cared or whether or not they cared. Mm -hmm. Um, and you kind of have to get over that if you're doing something where you're putting out a podcast or putting out video or whatever, if you're, if you're doing anything, that's kind of that kind of a thing, especially with the law of attraction where you're really teaching about getting in there, it really kind of forces you to confront that. So Early on, I would say that people were were nice about it, but I was very fearful of what they thought. Um, now I feel like you know after you do this for a while, people are just like, okay, she's that crazy lady that does a lot of attraction. And <laughs> kinda, you know, 
<laughs> and I've embraced that, you know. Yeah. So it was well. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. So I had a question. Um, what is your favorite law of attraction story, either in your life or somebody else's? Because so I'm just gonna uh, preface this. I, I feel like a lot of people out there think that this stuff is just it's too crazy, and. Yeah. For me, something that really helped was actually hearing the stories of how people were able to manifest certain things in their life. Mm -hmm. So I think it, there's a lot of value in just hearing stories because then people kind of connect the dots. Like, okay, you know, maybe maybe there is something to this. Mm -hmm. That certainly helped me. Yeah, so like the first thing that really hit me and it wasn't like, this is not super significant by most people's definition. But for me, it was highly, highly significant. Mm -hmm was that when I first started learning, this is very early with the law of attraction too, like within the first few months, this was back in the day, like back on Facebook at this time, there used to be a lot of people, like if they were running Facebook pages, they would run raffles and contests. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you like this and comment this, you, you can win something. If you share this, you don't see that so much anymore. But back then that, that was fairly common. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it kind of hit me one day when I was looking through, I'm like, I should start signing up for some of these raffles and contests and see if I can win something. The thing is, I'd never won anything, like literally nothing. I never ran a raffle. I never won a lottery ticket. I, I just never, if I went to the casino, the money was gone. Like it just, <laughs> I never won anything. That was, that was what was going on with me. Okay. Sure. And I really got inspired by the law of attraction and positive thinking and just started to think, well, what if you won? Maybe you could win. Like you're learning this, like it's totally possible. And I started to click into the idea that people win. You, why not you? You can win. And one day I was just getting dressed in the bathroom and I open up my phone and I see that I've won a, one of these raffles. It was a $25 gift card to Starbucks for some, you know, little page yes. out there in obscurity. Yeah. And I screamed at the top of my lungs. Who would have thought I won a billion dollars? I was so ecstatic. Yeah. My husband was like, oh my God, what's going on? He's like, oh my God, this is amazing. He goes, what? I have a $25 gift card. He's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> But to me, it was like, oh my goodness, like, cause I'd never, I'd honestly never won anything. Now that was kind of a first in a series of wins. Like I started seeing that I, I was winning contests like that. We had raffles at my job and I was winning gift cards to, you know, the grocery store, things were coming my way. And it was like a succession of win, 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 where my entire life it had been lose, lose. Mm -hmm. You're not it. You're not getting it. It's not for you. So for me, that was like, I, there was no looking back after that because it was such a clear demarcation from not winning to winning. Um, and again, it was trivial, but for me, it was so significant because it was so different from what I had experienced my entire life. Yeah. Isn't that the key though? Just noticing the contrast, right? When right. What, your life is going one way and you feel like things are happening a certain way. And then all of a sudden you notice such a clear difference. Mm -hmm. I yeah. into something else. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a yeah, great story. So didn't yeah. uh, that, that was it for me. Twenty five dollars <laughs> for Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but then it, it just changes everything, right? It changes your perspective on what's possible. Yeah. yeah. And it changes the tape that you're playing in your mind. And mm -hmm. you can suddenly realize, oh, I was telling myself, I don't win, I don't win, I don't win. And then when I started telling myself, Oh, you could win, mm -hmm. it's possible to win. Then I started winning. And then the voice changed to I do win. I do win. I do win. I do win. And so going into situations and not just financial or whatever, but having kind of this expectation that this can work out for me, you know, rather than this isn't going to work out for me. Oh, and that overall so cool. lesson has had a, 
enormous impact in a variety of areas in my life, obviously, you know, when you're walking into it with positive expectation rather than negative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you go into situations now where you just kind of surrender or, or do you get very specific on what it is that you want to, to create or manifest? You know, early in when early in working with the law of attraction, I did get very specific and I know a lot of people do teach that. I know people have success with that. Um, and I had success with it too. One thing I came into understanding through different teachers and just through my own practice is that sometimes when we get very specific, we are very resistant. And sometimes when we're very specific, it's because we're driving after something because we're trying to compensate for a fear. Mm. And that is something that's kind of shifted my perspective a little bit is that sometimes the things that we're asking for, the reason that we're asking for them is because we're trying to search, we're trying to get validation for something that's not within us. So like, for example, I want to win this $25 gift card to Starbucks to prove that the universe loves me or to prove that I'm worthy or to prove that I'm successful rather than the approach that I took when I went into it was like, let's just see if you can do it because it's fun. There's a difference between that. And if you're going at it from a a standpoint of trying to prove something to yourself, you're operating from fear. And the mm -hmm. fear is really, I can't have this. I'm not good enough. And that's really what the law of attraction is focused on. It's focused on what are you projecting? Yeah. So if a goal that I have is based on my fear, I'm inadvertently, when I'm sitting there doing my affirmations and my visualizations, if it's really based on fear, I'm actually magnifying that fear, which is why people have the experience of I'm focusing on this, but it's not coming and it's very frustrating or it's going wrong or is this problem, 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 because it's actually reflecting the fear. So like you said, like, do you just try to get general? Like now I try to just really be tapped into feeling and following feeling. So more of being guided than trying to force things into place because I've found if I'm following the positive feelings, do you guys follow Abraham Hicks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Love Abraham Hicks. <laughs> that had a big impact on me, this idea of just following the feeling. And I noticed that though, that's dead on. Like if I just follow the feeling, I'll be taken to stuff that is naturally rewarding. Mm -hmm. And then also mm -hmm. making that reflection that if I'm focused on something specific and it's not feeling good, probably best to kind of back out of that or at least try to identify what's the fear underneath it so I can shift it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I like how you explain that. Because I think a lot of people when they get into the law of attraction, they start with, you know, being really specific. And like you said, it's still based in that fear and their energy is like really constricted. And so they're projecting that out. And then and then they're also, I think they do that. Because there's a level of doubt. Right as well in in the law of attraction. And another thing too, is like, people have a certain like, expectation of what they they want thing or how they want things to unfold right and like it can often, be much bigger than that yeah, yeah yeah and so when you hold on to like these really tight ideas then it um it can just get in the way right mm -hmm. well and that's another thing too that i know for me this was big i can't speak for everybody because some people then when they come to the law of attraction they're in a much more positive place than i was but for me, there was a lot of negative thinking that was going on in my mind. And some of that has to be shifted. Like, mm -hmm. you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, there, there, if all that stuff is going on, just sitting down to focus on one thing specifically, that is a fear-based thing is probably not going to work out for you. And so I think a big part of the journey is understanding, like, what thoughts am I supposed to be listening to? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think early on, especially with people early on, not everybody, some people, like I said, are in a much more positive place than I was. But for a lot of people, there's kind of this, I need to sort through the clutter stage first. And I think if you're not doing that, you're just going to get frustrated and say, well, this doesn't work. Well, it is working. It's just that there's a lot of negative thoughts going on that are projecting out into your reality that we have to kind of sort through and calm down and shift and turn into something more advantageous. Yeah. So how did you shift through those negative thoughts? Like, like where did you start to tackle all of those? Those are good questions. Well, I have a background in psychology. I taught psychology. So it was funny how all these things kind of merged together. So there were certain things that I learned about mental tricks that you can use to move away from negative thinking into positive thinking. I never really gave them much merit until I understood the law of attraction, but then I had kind of a database of information I could use. The big thing for me was meditation. So I would say for the first two years of my transition, I was meditating a lot. Now, I don't think you have to meditate all the time, but for me, I found that it was very useful just because it just slowed down the in the, the constant barrage of negative mm-hmm. thoughts. If you can just silence that, the silence grows and yeah. you become, become a lot more selective about what you're thinking. You can actually identify when a negative thought comes in rather than just being hit with a fire hose of them all the time and not knowing <laughs> what's going on. So for me, that was that was a big thing. And then just doing a lot of independent study and looking into different things that have been working for other people, lots of searching, lots of books, lots of, you know, kind of what a lot of people do, just a lot of searching, but just learning different tricks along the way and tweaking them and turning them into things that worked for me. And the funny thing about that is the more you law of attraction, the more you focus on something, the more you get. So if you're in the process of looking for what are positive things that I can, positive ways that I can direct my thought you start getting a lot of great ideas. So I've noticed over time, you just keep getting them. Oh, I could do it this way. I could do it this way. I could do it this way. And after time, after a time, that really builds up a lot of momentum to where the dominant thought patterns are positive because mm-hmm. you've just shifted into that direction mm-hmm. through your focus. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about self-love. Yeah. So I know that uh, you uh, created some videos around self-love. How does self-love factor into law of attraction and, and creating what it is that you want? It's huge. I'd say it's probably the big one. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're walking around, I don't like myself. I don't like myself. I don't like myself on some level or another, whether you're talking about your body or your career or whatever the case may be your reality is going to reflect that back to you. Mm -hmm. One of the big ways that that really became evident to me was in my interpersonal relationships with just people in general, that as I started to shift that, and there's many ways that you can go about shifting it, but the more I started to like myself, the more I noticed that other people seemed to like me too. How crazy is that, right? (laughs) Because I used to walk around like very suspicious, like I'm not talking to this guy. (laughs) Like, you know, no, I'm going to avert my eyes, look away. And because that was kind of a self-protective mechanism because I didn't really love myself and I thought Mm -hmm. that people weren't going to like me either. And so that was what was being reinforced in my reality. And that really did shift a lot. And that's a, that's a, that's a big one for a lot of people. It's just when you're self-loving, you actually come into more resonance with love for other people. Mm -hmm. And, And now you're, you can walk around in reality and get along with everybody rather than, the few people you kind of trust (laughs) (laughs) and the sea of people you have absolutely zero trust for. Because if you have that kind of a system going on, at least I know I did, even my close relationships were just a a fraction of what they could have been because Mm -hmm. I was still walking into those 
quote unquote close relationships guarded. Mm -hmm. So So as you start to love yourself, that radiates out and it makes it easier for you to connect with other people, which is so huge because everything we do is about connecting with each other. We just, oftentimes we forget that we think it's all about me, but we all do depend on one another. So cultivating self-love for me has had a huge impact on my ability to work with the other components of my reality, most notably the people in it. Yeah. Yeah. So did you find that when you would go into situations or uh, in existing relationships, did other people change as a result of this? Because it's easy for us to say, it's like, oh, you know, this person did this, like they're kind of mean, stupid person. And then did that change for you? Like did external relationships change? Yeah. And so that's an interesting dynamic is that if you're going, this is what I've noticed. Okay. If you're going through life and you're guarded, for whatever reason, or if you're insecure, or you're not self-loving, or whatever the case is, the first time you meet somebody, you're probably going to have an interaction with that person where they're guarded with you too, or they avert their eyes, or they don't talk to you, or they cut you off in traffic, or they're mean. <laughs> Something like that is going to come back at you simply because you're guarded. All right. Mm-hmm. What happens over time is, let's say a person like that sticks in my reality for some reason, like they're a parent, or they're they're a neighbor, or they're a coworker. Over time, I will start to associate that person as being a real jerk because they're always mean to me when I'm around them. And so I don't realize it, but I attracted that exact dynamic in that relationship just from how I was reacting to that person. Why this is important is because over time, we develop a very strong expectation that someone's going to be mean to us simply because they've been being mean to us for so long. So the reason I'm mentioning this is that you can shift self-love. But you're probably going to find that the people who change for you first are the people that you have very casual relationships with or new people that you're meeting. Because now you're walking into relationships and you're getting that initial meeting with somebody when they're a blank slate is coming back as positive feedback. Mm -hmm. But you may find that people that have been in your life a long time stay kind of the the same, at least for a little while because you still have that expectation that that person isn't going to shift. And so something that I've seen happen with myself and with other people is that, yes, you can see that those relationships change. Sometimes what you see happens is the relationships drift out of your life because they're not really resonant. Like you're just not willing to go there anymore. Like you're not gossiping, you're not engaging. And so those things may fade out. Sometimes they come back in and though, and the person has changed. So it can be harder to shift established relationships, I've found, just because you have a preconceived notion of what that person's going to be. Um, but it can be done. It just requires a little bit more focus than just the self-love. Now it, now it requires a shift of my expectation of that person in addition to self-love. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I'm curious because a lot of people, and, and myself included, I didn't realize that I didn't love myself. Yeah. And so what was, like, <laughs> what was that moment for you? When did you like realize and how did you, I guess, mm. like move through that? Because, you know, I think a lot of people might think, well, I'm fine. I love myself. I'm good. I know I'm worthy. Yeah. But there's all, you know. <laughs> that one didn't hit me like a lightning bolt, like the law of attraction did. Mm-hmm. That one was more of, I think I stepped into that gradually over time. Because there's kind of a degree of trust that I felt had to be established first. Because, like I said, I started to learn that, okay, if I just follow the good feelings, things work out. 
but there's kind of this shift where there's a part of you that wants to defer to the old patterns of thought and coming to trust that if I follow my good feelings, that's good. That takes a little bit of time. And so it was kind of this gradual shift that the more I started to notice that and ground in that, the more the knowledge hit me that, oh my goodness, it's important that I love myself in order to stay in this state. It's important that I'm nice to myself in, in order to stay in this state. So it took a while for that to build up. But some, it was an aha moment. It was just a long one in coming, I think, because at mm -hmm. first there was that tendency to look back on those thoughts that I was used to. Now, with some people, it might be a little bit more hits them in the face, like a, suddenly a devastating breakup or, you know, there's something very big that's in their face that screams, oh, OK, this is the precise shift that needs to occur. But for me, it was a little bit more gradual. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. For me, yeah. it was um, when I traced back like my previous relationships, I found that it was actually in my childhood. And it was something that I didn't even realize. I didn't know. Like, I had to talk to my parents. Like, what happened when I was a kid? And then I noticed there was like a specific event that happened that ended up kind of perpetuating this um, this situation. And I just kept attracting very similar relationships, like romantic relationships over and over and over and over. And they were a disaster. <laughs> and uh, just teachers though. So they, yeah, they, they, in the long run. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. So then when, uh, when my, my previous marriage fell apart, I mean, that's when I really had to go back because I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. And then I had to trace back and, and I did some inner child healing and this kind of thing. And then from there, everything shifted actually really quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's funny that if you suddenly change an idea and it really strikes you, like it can change on a dime. Like you oh, can, yeah. sometimes people think this is going to take a long time. It's not really a question of a long time. It's just a question of, are you on board with the idea or not? Like as soon as yeah. you're on board with the idea, it's done. Mm -hmm. You know, once you really realize, oh, this doesn't work. Oh, it really doesn't work. Okay. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm done. I'm, I walk away. <laughs> but that's why like a big chaotic thing like that can actually be a, a blessing in disguise. Cause it really just knocks it into your head. Like, Oh, okay. I know what I need to fix. And you just don't go back at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's yeah. the benefit to tragedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, but yeah. I mean, it was, it was such a blessing. And I mean, I'm so grateful for all those relationships as hard as they were, but it was like the universe telling me, you got to deal with that. You got to deal with that. And then all the times that I didn't deal with it, well, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Cause there's the momentum there. So yeah. I have one relationship that's bad and I react to it negatively and I stay stuck in this pattern of not self loving myself. The next one's worse. Yep. Same thing. The next one's worse. And finally it's so loud. You're like, I really have to deal with this. Like yeah. enough. Now the time. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. How bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But amazing. Yeah. But amazing. Cause we yeah. have like this feedback system. In, right. uh, in life, right? It's like a mirror. Well, and the nice thing is once you understand, have kind of a blueprint of how the law of attraction works, at least a fundamental one, you're more cognizant of it. Because what happens to a lot of people, at least what happened to me, is you're just kind of on that wheel and you have no idea what's going on. So you're totally in victim mode about it. Like you said, like responsibility, you're just not gonna, not even going to be responsible about it. It's not even a part of what's going on for you. And it just keeps hitting you and hitting you and hitting you. Once you kind of understand what's going on and you see, cause now it's like, if I see a pattern repeat two or three times, I'm like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't let it keep going. Cause I know it's just going to get louder, louder, louder. So why not just handle it now and For figure sure. out, okay, what's the train of thought that's creating this and shift it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So how do you find that train of thought, though? Um, some people, they might like because because these beliefs can be so subconscious. Yeah, you know? they can. So what do you like? What are your recommendations for people who might be, you know, hitting the wall, hitting the wall, hitting the wall on a particular subject or certain situations in their life? But then in their mind, they're like, well, I don't I don't know what I'm thinking or believing yeah. incorrectly. Yeah. So some of the best advice that I've heard on this uh, that I apply regularly um, that I love um, comes from Bashar. I don't know. Do you guys know who Bashar is? No. No, I don't. Okay, so he's a channel. Um, well, he's an entity that's channeled. It's kind of like Abraham Hicks. It's, it's different. It's a little out there. But he has a technique that I is awesome. It's always worked well for me, so I'll pass it along to you. Sure. So if there's something that you're frustrated with, so if there's something you're trying to manifest and it isn't working, or if there's some kind of persistent problem that's in your life, he asks you to ask yourself a question. And I'm not sure if I'm saying this precisely correctly, but this is the way that I do it. The question is essentially, why? what would I have to believe about myself in order to have to feel like I have to experience this? Like, what do I have? What am I believing about myself that would make me feel bad about this situation? Because what he says is that, everything that you're creating is basically a construct of your mind and it's a belief about yourself that's being projected. So if there's something negative that's experiencing itself in your life over and over and over again, there's some kind of belief within yourself about something that's bad about you. And as soon as you can identify what that is, you're now you're conscious of it, which is the big thing that she just mentioned is that you have mm -hmm. to be conscious about it. You can't just be like completely unaware of it. You have to know that it's there and then you can shift it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the big thing is being able to point out, okay, well, the reason this makes me feel bad about myself is because it means nobody loves me. Or the reason that this makes me feel bad about myself because it means that I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough. And if you can figure out what that is, you can realize it's just a fraudulent belief structure, a negative thing that you've been telling yourself. You can tell yourself something new, but that it's up to you now to fill in the blank with the opposite. Mm -hmm. so been telling yourself uh, subconsciously that the reason this, what this means about me is that I'm not good enough. Well, now what we need to do is focus on the idea that I am good enough. Mm -hmm. So how am I good enough? Yeah. What are the things that I am a good person? What are the things that I'm doing that are positive and build that part of your psyche up? So the part of your ego that's screaming in your ear starts to die down because you're not giving as much focus to it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that makes sense. No, but that's, totally that's makes the way sense. that I always look at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. I yeah. love it. And it stems from just asking better questions. I mean, this is such a yeah. simple concept that you learn in a lot of the business books or whatever. It's like, well, okay, if this is an if this is impossible, how could it be possible? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Just simply asking that question just opens okay. your mind as far as what is possible. And just yes. asking, well, okay, if it could be possible, if it was, how could it be possible? And then just like a little slight shift, but then that question opens you up to something new. Yeah, 100%. I think the questioning differently is so key because sometimes our questions just mirror our negative thinking in the same like one track mind. And it keeps us in that that state of manifesting what it is that we don't want. And so right. when you do shift your perspective by asking a new question, it uh, yeah. can open your, yourself up. Just like when you started your law of attraction, you're just like, well, what if it is possible that I could win? <laughs> right. Silly little question. But, but life-changing. Answer. Yeah, because most people, when they're going about their goals or the things that they're working towards, they're asking the exact opposite question. What could go wrong? How is this not going to work? Yeah. Mm -hmm. how, how can mm -hmm. I prevent all the tragedy that's bound to come? <laughs> <laughs> 
that's where we tend to be focused, at least initially. Yeah. And right, just ask a new question. Well, how could it work out? How is it working out? Mm-hmm. How am I a good person? How am I doing well? You ask that question, you start getting a whole new set of answers. And the nice thing about that, again, it's just momentum. So the more I think a thought, such as how am I good, a good person or how could it work out, the more credence I give to that thought, the more I allow that thought to build up. A lot of times people think what they have to do is eradicate negative thinking. Like, I just have to mm. stop thinking this. You don't have to stop thinking anything. Just start thinking the opposite and focus on it a little bit more. And it will naturally start to build until it literally kicks out the other thought because it's no longer relevant because you've been focused more on the opposite. Yeah, it's like yeah. starting with baby steps, right? You Things get a little bit better and then a little bit better and then even bigger and better and bigger and better. Yeah. And then by the time you realize you're living somebody like your dream. Yeah, it's crazy. you're living a different life. And then you don't want to go back. You're like, oh, I'm not going back to that. That's <laughs> yeah. That no didn't. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. That's yeah, true. <laughs> so, Andrea, if uh, people wanted to connect with you and the things that you do, you run courses. You have a YouTube channel. Um, how would they uh, get in contact with you? Okay, so I have a website. My website is raiseyourvibrationtoday.com. And on my website, I do blogging. I have got, I've got videos. I also run a membership website with longer law of attraction type video tutorials. Um, and I also do one-on-one sessions so people could contact me through the website there. Like you mentioned, I'm also on YouTube and it's YouTube at raise your vibration today. Same name, uh, lots of quick videos. So on the YouTube channel, I usually do videos that are like two to five minutes with quick law of attraction tips. A lot of those positive thinking shifts that you can use easily and apply quickly to your life. Also, it can be found on Facebook at the same name, Raise Your Vibration Today, and on Instagram, but that's Andrea.Shulman, S-C-H-U-L-M-A-N. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So we're going to link all of your contact information just in the show notes of mm-hmm. this uh, episode, so that way people can find you if um, if they want to connect right. with you. Yeah, and I think your YouTube videos are great. So I so just wanted well to tell everybody that. Go check out her YouTube videos, because you know what I like about them is that they are very... Um, they're they're under five minutes and so quick in today's, actionable yeah in today's world sometimes people only have a few minutes right and so yeah. i think i but i think it's really good because this topic you can talk on and on and on about it and i just think like your videos are quick and to the point and they're super juicy jam-packed full of tips for people so thank you i appreciate mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. i like to get in and out with those it's it's, it's fun for me that way. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah, I know they're great. So thank you so much for being on our podcast. It's been really amazing connecting with you and hearing more about your story. Yeah, Absolutely. We, we appreciate you so, so much taking the time. And uh, yeah, if any of uh, your, uh, any of our listeners want to connect with Andrea, you'll be able to do so just at the mm-hmm. link below. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been right. fun. It's been a slice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Always fun talking about stuff like this. It is. Big time. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, to our listeners, if you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe. Just hit that button. And uh, till next time. Yeah. Good times. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Spirit Ninja Spiritualist Podcast. Make sure to tune in next time for more deep conversations to uplift, inspire, and blow your mind. Spiritual as fuck.